we made, made this. this. Are you going to still read out the intro? I am. <laughs> <laughs> have you got it in front of you? I have got it in front of I me. I can't actually tell now, so you can do. You can pretend whatever you like. All off by heart. Well, no, what I did was, because I was really bored in lockdown, so I've um, made an embroidery of the intro and hung it on the wall in front of me. Nice. There's no excuse for me for getting it wrong now. Oh, home sweet. Hello, welcome to Without Mouse, blah, 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 home. Hello everyone and welcome to Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watched and reviewed the obscure and forgotten... Oh, piss. The obscured and forgotten. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcomed to Without a Mouse, the podcast where we watch and review the obscure and forgotten live action Disney movies on the hunt for a hidden gem. I'm your host, Tim. Hello. You was the host, Tim. I was the host, Tim. I'm not anymore. Um, and over on the other side of Grimmers is someone who used to be Chris. Hi, the artist formerly known as Chris. The, the dearly departed Chris. Uh, yep, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing fine. Uh, glad to be back for one last time. I think I think I buggered off in April on the timeline. So, Well done. You know, as patient zero of the coronavirus, it's fantastic that you managed to escape the clutches of the evil Chinese government and managed to uh, sail your way round on the back of a turtle shell. Um, and I can understand that it takes quite a while to do that um, single-handedly. So I've I've tried to fill in the gaps without you, but it's lovely to hear your voice again, mate. Sorry for making everyone ill. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. As I say, it's uh, been a long time because obviously the last time, because it was a Wild Hogs, wasn't it? So that's my lasting legacy, making you watch Wild Hogs. Yeah, Jesus Christ, what a way to go out, mate. I know. And I think, was it end of February we recorded that? Because we actually got slightly ahead of ourselves, didn't we, again? I was recording quite close up until going on holiday. So it might have been the be- the very end of February or the beginning of March. Yeah. yeah. And how did your holiday go, Tim? Sorry. Oh, it was fucking brilliant, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so what, um, I, I don't even know if you're aware, but w- coming up this week, we've got, the second part of me dissecting the holiday plans with Mark Adams. Yeah. And then I'd, at the end of it, I'd recorded a little outro basically saying that the show was going to be on hiatus. But um, we've been so organised, we're actually going to beat the hiatus to getting a, an extra episode out, which will be this. <laughs> yeah, take that. So I mean, we have recorded on August 2nd, so I take it this is going out on, what, August 19th or so? Yeah, it'll be in a, just over a fortnight that it goes out. Yes, but basically, we're here to uh, kind of announce that the show is no more. This is the end. Because... Yep. Bye. <laughs> so, when I recorded the episodes with Mark, that was um, back in the beginning of June. And yeah. so 
the tone of the episode is quite kind of you know we knew that the holiday had been cancelled and that we were very i was very upset but we were looking forward to you know maybe going in the future because even then i assumed as the coronavirus was getting worse and worse in america my assumption was you know disney's not going to be able to open they'll just have to keep pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back but then despite florida being the global epicenter of the pandemic nobody told disney they weren't allowed that they couldn't open so they just did it and my opinion of the company changed overnight because i was just so fucking angry that they could do that <laughs> i'll i'll be honest i'm i'm surprised you expected anything different from disney i know i feel like i was in that weird sort of Disney cult bubble, which is a weird thing to be, because like, I can understand people who, you know, if there are people out there that go to Disney every single year and they're, they're obsessively like Disney people and all they can think about is Disney. And I was getting like that, despite having not been in like 15 years. And for me, it was, I was kind of doing that from the case of, I'm finally going to be going to Disney. Um, but I think the fact that I haven't been for so long meant that then the second that Disney made that decision, it snapped me out of it and was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, so the close of parks, which I believe they'd never done in the history of Disneyland whatsoever. Uh, so pe- people, have died on, people have died on the parks and everything, but they've never actually closed them. They closed the day after 9-11, but that's what we're looking at is like literally for a day and stuff. This is the longest they've ever been closed. And it's the first time that they've all globally been closed at the same time as well. And so, Sod's Law, the historical day that they closed is the same day you were supposed to go. Exactly the same day. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, It's an unexpected ending to the Without a Mouse arc, isn't it? Because... (laughs) As soon as we established the podcast, quite early on, you had announced that you were going to be going finally on your dream holiday to Disneyland, and you had all these plans, and then it felt like, because you announced that in, was it like May 2019, and you weren't Something crazy like that, yeah, it was about a year before we were planning. And you weren't going until the March, so... From then on, for a good... God, it must have been at least 20 episodes. It was all building up. It was all your preparations of what you were going to do. All your excitement. You were showing all these like different bloody badges and everything. And yeah, so I fully expected, after recording Wild Hogs, uh, for you to go on your holiday, come back, review it, be all nice about it. Then I, I, would, I, I didn't know where the podcast was going to be after that. But yeah, this is sort of a bizarre ending to this whole thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, And obviously, you know, reviewing Disney movies is very different from, you know, the theme park end of things. But I'm just so like Disney kind of proved with their actions over this last month that and I know they're a big corporation and I know that it's what corporations are like in general. But Disney basically said they don't care if I live or die as long as they've already got my money kind of thing. Like, they would happily farm me back into that, you know, 
corral me back into that park and take my money off me the second that they could. Um, and as as a response, I just don't want to be um, creating content that promotes them as a business in any way. No. So, uh, you know, there's a version of, you know, in an alternate universe, you know, there's a version where the holiday was cancelled, but Disney still opened as safely as possible and we would still continue this show, but I just don't at this point want to be promoting them in that way. Um, but at the same time, like I don't feel like I'm going to be like militantly against the corporation and like, Oh, Disney's the devil. And I'm going to boycott everything because they're just so huge that you can't possibly avoid them completely now. <laughs> no, uh, the way they've built up a portfolio, especially just in the last 10 years alone. Yeah. You can't, like literally, you want to enjoy a nature documentary. Oh, they've got National Geographic now. Oh, you know, obviously The Simpsons is my favourite show of all time. That's Disney now. Um, yeah. Very normal Fox's content. You know, half the animation. Uh, you, you know, they're, they're like they've got Pixar and everything else, and it is quite unavoidable. Um, but yeah. then again, they are one of the biggest companies in the world. And I suppose, unfortunately, when it comes to something like a pandemic, playing nice and safe isn't exactly how they built their empire in the first place. No, but it's that thing of like, you know, the Disney brand, and especially with the theme parks, is the whole brand is making you feel um, like you're important to them and that you're special and you're unique. And the service side of things is all based on that. Mm. And opening at this time has just made it so obvious that all of that is a is absolute bollocks because they don't care about you they don't want you to be safe they don't want their employees to be safe either so it's it's that way that they've just kind of they've kind of shot themselves in a foot in the foot i don't know if you saw on social media but they put out these videos a uh, promotional video of all the staff um, saying welcome home but with masks on and so people were um, re-editing them to sound like horror films and changing the dialogue. Fantastic. I'll have to send you some links to it after after we've had this recording because it is really, really funny to watch. Yeah. But it's that kind of the, the juxtaposition of Disney trying to convince you but also showing um, the reality <laughs> of the situation kind of thing. Mm. Because uh, I've, I've seen quite a few of these adverts with oh yeah, it's all safe and everything like that. And uh, I must admit, I, I have actually seen, uh, I've seen the original video, I've not seen any of the remakes, but the Disney one just sort of felt a bit tone deaf for us. Like, yeah. you get adverts from Amazon and they're just continuing on, but we're all wearing masks. But yeah. D- Disney come across as like a full-blown cult, you know. it's Yeah. Well, that's the thing, I, I, it, is, it is cultish and a lot of well, no, actually not very many, but there are some people that were making Disney content that are now kind of pointing out the fact that so many people are genuinely addicted to Disney. Like people think of it as, you know, their happy place and their place where they feel like they can be themselves and stuff, which is all good until you realize that these people are completely dependent on that and mm. have to go to Disney. And I'm very, in a way, I'm glad that I haven't, I didn't go because would that be me now if I'd actually been and 
It's I've, weird, isn't it? Because it is really weird. Uh, I, I like it's strange uh, because obviously when you think of Disney, you think more of its like kiddified sort of image. But uh, you know, I've yeah. seen and you've shown me before. You know, uh, and and at the end of the day, you were going to go and uh, you're you're like thirty two years old. Yeah, and it's just strange how it can. Something so manufactured and quite processed, if you get what I mean. No, can, I, I get can, what you can, mean. Can elicit that sort of reaction. It's, it's very it, strange about how people embrace the fakeness of it all. Yeah, I kind of do. I think, obviously, I've had the background in acting and drama and stuff. And yeah. theatre is a big part of my life or used to be not as much now but it used to be and i think disney kind of taps into that because once you're there in it it feels like you are in like you know you you, you're aware that you're not in these places but at the same time it feels a bit like a show and it feels quite theatrical Mm. which i've always quite got on with but yeah it's um the thing that creeps me out the most is the amount of people that are on social media on you know, making content as if Disney, everything's fine. Like, that's the most creepishly, creepiest, cultish part of all this, is watching all of the, you know, Disney vloggers still just going to the parks as if everything's normal and com- trying to convince people to come down. And all of the so people that are... rush back on day one as soon as they've opened again. and said, oh, Exactly. Everything's fine. I'm just wearing a mask. Yeah, for, yeah, for spraying, that's exactly down the log flume. Everything's all right. Yeah, that's exactly it. And they're all just saying, you know, everywhere I look, I see people cleaning, and that makes me feel so safe. And it's like it shouldn't make you feel safe <laughs> because it's still not. No, but oh, it's just it's just crazy. And the there's so few people in the Disney online community actually taking the time to be like, hold up. Like, this is a global pandemic. You don't need Disney right now. Because that's the main thing is Disney is not a commodity. It is a luxury. Mm -hmm. And people are still going. The parks are open because people are going in. Well, it feeds into the uh, cultish behaviour then, doesn't it? Because yeah, if they're thinking, oh, this pandemic's really bad. It's getting me down. Oh, I know. I'll go back to my happy place and disregard everything that's going on. And the thing is as well, like for me, I mean, I know you spoke about the kind of childish side of things, but obviously my upbringing, I was a massive Disney fan as a kid. Um, It was a massive part of my childhood. Hmm. And so now I'm kind of working to separate, you know, I can still have those fond memories of Disney as an artistic company in the 1990s without, without like cultishly following them in the current setup like and try trying to keep those two things separate so it's not like that's kind of what i mean when i'm saying i'm not going to be completely militant about avoiding disney altogether and like you know although i'm not going to be rushing to florida anytime and spending my own money now you know if five years down the line and i've got a new partner that fancies going to disney i'm not going to be like fuck off like they're evil Mm. Or, you know, if family wanted to go, if it was a family trip, I would probably still go. But yeah, yeah. but no point in the next 
few years am I going to give over the three grand to Disney <laughs> when they don't give a toss about whether I'll be safe? <laughs> no. And then, no. obviously, like, Disney Plus, me and Kirsty had um, bought a year subscription already. So, Ooh. ouch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, we've... Because obviously, yeah, we've broken up, but we're still sort of sharing it. And then we've kind of... What I've done is um, I've set it so it won't auto-renew. So although I've still got it for the year, I'm still going to watch the content on there that's already on there. But yeah, it's a funny old situation. (laughs) Yeah. It's very weird. But yeah, after after the year, I won't be reviewing it. It's a bit of a strange ending to the podcast because... So we started out for anyone who wasn't listening to the first episode. So as you, Tim, as the massive fanboy, and me as someone who is really not asked about Disney whatsoever and was only <laughs> doing the podcast so I could hang out with you. Yeah. And in the end, I've sort of stayed in the same position and you're off Disney completely. So <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I feel like it's my oh. fault. No, it's absolutely not your fault at all. Um, yeah, I think as well, like, I was in a very weird place in general over the last couple of years, mm. um, which we won't go into on the podcast, but I think to an extent, Disney has been a, co- a coping mechanism for me um, that I knew that it was the only thing that we had arranged for the future that I could look forward to so I did throw a lot of my time in and efforts into that for that reason so yeah. yeah there's there's all sorts of reasons why this is not going on anymore <laughs> <laughs> but we were just saying weren't we that this will not be the end for Tim and Chris no as a it... as a partnership no no yeah definitely not I think that's one of the main things because yeah, I'll be honest with you, there were a couple of times during Without a Mouse's run where, and I'm sure we'll get into it uh, soon, where I was watching the films and we hit a really bad patch of films that were just basically the same and it was like watching the same yeah. film over and over again and I was close to saying to you then, shall we just do something else? Yeah, I can I can totally get that. Yeah, so but stuck uh, with it. And yeah, just because we're ending here doesn't mean that we're going to end the partnership, as it were. It's just uh, we've got nothing to announce at this time because we've not thought of anything yet. So no, if you've got any ideas of shit we should do, then uh, tweet us at Podwam. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be now. doing yeah, we won't be doing wrestling either, though, will we? <laughs> no, because uh, uh, as we said in the first episode as well, one of the original ideas was you were going to watch wrestling and then we review it from like a perspective of a new fan. And there was already a podcast doing doing that anyway. So we went off it. But let's be honest, Tim, you wouldn't have lasted three episodes, would you? No, I really like you and I have been to two wrestling shows together. Yep. And I don't think I could like, I would go and watch a wrestling show again when they're local, but you would never get me off my ass out of Grimsby to go and see wrestling and no. I don't know what I could really say about it <laughs> and I don't think I could have shown you example of classic matches classic storylines and classic like 
interviews and promos and I don't think you would have appreciated for a single second why they're so good. I just don't think. No. It's I just think... not, it wasn't in your DNA whatsoever, was at least with Disney, you know, I'm coming in with, you know, I've got a film degree, so, you know, I watch films, I analyse them. Disney's no yeah. different, so at least I had that on my side. I think we need to do a show where you introduce me to a Nicolas Cage film and then I pair it with a Jimmy Eat World track at the end. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. What would we call it? <laughs> Jimmy Eat Cage? Yeah. <laughs> Cage Eats World. Nicky Eats World. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That, that's... You'd be liking it to three Jimmy Eat World songs because that's all they've ever had. Well, that could be the gag, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we've no idea where we're going from here, but we'll make sure that we promote whatever we end up with. Yeah. Um, I think we need to find a nice in-between where we're both into it, got something to say, but can also discover stuff as well, because it'd just be boring if we just talked about stuff we really like and there's no learning and no thinking, oh, yeah, that's good, if we just did what we already know. Yeah, yeah. We've just got to find that in between, and it's with with us two. In terms of hobbies and all that lot, we've not got that much in common, to be fair. Not really, apart from no. Lego. But I'm not spending <laughs> that much money just to have a podcast. <laughs> no, it's like Lego and Nintendo. Well, that's about it in terms of the cross between. Yeah, well, I'm sure there's a Nintendo podcast in there somewhere. We'll have to try and think of a format, but. And something that the problem with podcasting now, setting up something new, is finding something that's not been done before. <laughs> oh God, yeah. I um, I I thought uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I wonder if anyone's ever done a Nicolas Cage podcast. It turns out everyone's done a Nicolas Cage podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you type Nicolas Cage into Spotify, there's literally twenty five podcasts, and then like see all podcasts. Yeah, it's trying to. You can do a topic that's been done as long as you've got your own angle for it. So yeah. that's, that's finding the angle. Because obviously, like, without a mouse, the whole point was that we were just sticking to um, the shit that nobody remembers. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, as well, um, since Disney Plus has come along, I thought we would do better. But what's happened is more podcasts exactly like our format have sprung up. Oh, um, right, okay. Yeah, but I, I obviously, didn't even realise that. What, so everyone now is raving about Million Dollar Duck, like we should be doing yeah, that's the problem. Uh, yeah, so let's you know if we g- before we wrap up, let's talk about the actual things that we did and what we liked and what we didn't like, shall we? Okay. I've, yeah. I mean, I'm springing this on you. I've, <laughs> we haven't done any prep at all for this, have we? Oh, oh God, it's, no, no. Hen- like Henton and Wilson Skype, uh, which still exists in a Zoom world, apparently, and. Uh, yeah, we've just gone for it instead of talking about it first. So, Henton and Wilson unplanned. Yep. <laughs> so, what was your best film that you hadn't seen before? So, basically, right. what what was your hidden gem, do you reckon? Okay, um, so the one I hadn't seen before, then, would be uh, The Island at the Top of the World. Which... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, which I thought was uh, an excellent film in the end. Yeah, it was just it felt like a rarity for Disney in the sixties, seventies in their live action output. In that they actually had a massive 
scope. It, it felt ambitious. It felt adventurous. It felt like everything you sort of expect from a Disney production, but just wasn't there during their weird phase of the 60s and 70s of um, when they were making quite mid-budget uh, live-action films. So, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. That one really worked for me. I can't remember if that's actually on Disney Plus or not. Give me one second and I will double-check. Normally this is a part of the show where Tim walks out of the room so I start saying stuff into a microphone, but I'm fully aware he's just sat on his phone right now. I can take my earphones out if you want to scat or something. No, no, you're okay, you're okay. Just got to remember me logging. Shall I talk about my favourite film overall while you're doing that? Go for it. Um, So, uh, my favourite film overall in the end, even though I think I did rate Cool Runnings higher because it Cool Runnings was everything I expected from a Disney film. But uh, I've got to give the price to the uh, straight story, the David Lynch Disney film, uh, which I really didn't like when I first saw it because I thought it was David Lynch selling out and trying to make an ordinary cornbill sort of film. But I think between the time when I first saw it, which was about 10 years ago, to when I saw it again, which was just this January actually, um, I fully got the themes of it, you know, of growing old and everything a lot more and it touched me in ways I didn't expect. So, well, now yeah, you're uh, 80, then yeah, it, it it would have that effect on you, wouldn't it, really? It would, yeah. And I think I said <laughs> at the time, I imagine if you watched it again in your 40s, in your 50s, in your 60s, you'll get something uh, different each time. You Probably a darker sense of your own mortality, but you know, Still good shit. Yeah. Well, I say we were unplanned, but I'm lying a little bit because I cheated and actually did have a think about these for myself before uh, we recorded. And I actually put... Put me on the spot again, have you? Yeah. But I actually put the straight story as as my hidden gem because I hadn't seen it before. And I don't know if you remember, but in the the episode, I did thank you very much for uh, introducing it to me. And I I do remember. Yeah, and I have just checked on Disney Plus, and they have neither the island at the top of the world nor the straight story. <laughs> yeah, so which is fucking all the typical. Gems are literally hidden away from Disney Plus. Yeah, so if you're one of the two Disney fans that we haven't already re- offended by calling you cult members and having drunk the Kool Aid, um, <laughs> if you wanted to. Um, I would hi- we would highly recommend those two films as hidden gems for you to track down on DVD. Um, or, and then, or Pirate Bay, don't give them your money. Well, yeah, that tr- that too. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, fuck, fuck, them. fuck Disney. Um, oh, and Tony wanted me to mention that um, whenever I say fuck Disney, that is my own personal view and not the views of the We Made This Network. So what would you say was the shittest pile of crap that we watched for this show. Oh, it's got to be one of our dinosaurs is missing. (laughs) That was just so terrible and misguided and I'm frankly amazed. I don't think it is on Disney Plus, is it? It never made the transfer over. But it was on the other Disney service, which I forget the name of now, that you had. Disney Life. It was still on Disney Life and I think we finally realised oh, hang on a minute. Uh, we've got to make sure we keep an eye on our Chinese market here. So they took it out. That was just... Yeah. I cannot believe that film was ever made. Yeah. I feel, though, 
I said at the time, like, as horrifically racist as it was, in the few moments when it wasn't being racist, it was actually quite funny, I thought. So I genuinely think the worst film than one of our dinosaurs is missing was Wild Hogs. (laughs) You see, I didn't mind that at all. But then again... You weren't the butt of the joke half the time. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, then again, from my perspective, you know... I wasn't really affected by the humour of 2006 when a lot of the jokes that were in the film were still perfectly acceptable. Yeah. And then as well, um, for me, the final film that was reviewed for this show that me and Dana reviewed, Kidnapped, that was pretty fucking terrible as well. Um, And And, that you can't... Yeah. That's the problem with... Like, you know, we set up this show yes it was partly due to me being obsessed with disney because i was planning a trip but also it was because i genuinely did not know anything about the live action you know output of disney from the 60s to the 80s and i genuinely was interested to find out if there were any hidden gems problem is there aren't (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't go that far i think when we originally came up with the idea for the show, I was quite interested because, like I said, I've never really been into Disney. It's not my bag whatsoever. But then you see all these films that I've never heard of, even though I did watch the Disney Channel when I was younger and none of these ever appeared on there. I think the main problem I had and what made me want to quit the show a couple of times is they were all the same film and I find it really strange that they clearly had a Bible of yeah. what their films should be, and they copied them each time. And there was this weird thing where the concept was for children, but it starred loads of like middle-aged adults and doing the, doing grown-up stuff. Elements, but it was always about these adults. Instead, it was bizarre, like like with Million Dollar Duck, how you expect it to be this big whimsical adventure but suddenly it becomes about gold bonds it's really weird yeah and as well like at that time disney were really struggling they were failing as a business but then they thought that they constantly seemed to think that the way to get themselves out of that slog that downturn was to just carry on as normal and do exactly the same film over and over again for decades which is just mental I think uh, probably half the problem was it just took too long to take uh, to make any animated films. Just yeah, is is a bread and butter, but you take one of you make one of them, and that's a couple of years and a whole uh, group of people that had taken up. So this is just their version of churning out any old shit, really. Yeah, yeah. But whether, there we go. Whether any films that you wish you'd got round to. Well, I was thinking when you and I can finally actually uh, spend time together, we'll have to watch the last of the Dexter Morgan trilogy. Yeah, I mean, that was the one I was going to say. In all fairness, I was hoping uh, when I made my comeback for the first film to be the world's strongest man, just that nice little symmetry going on. Yeah. Well, we'll at the very least we'll take a picture of us watching it and say what we thought of it. That. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the unofficial last one. As well, having Disney Plus, 
we were me and Kirsty were constantly seeing films that we wanted to watch but were purposely kind of not watching because eventually we would be reviewing them and it got to the point quite recent well during lockdown actually where I kind of said fuck it I don't know what's going on with the uh, the show and so I did watch um Flubber which I know we talked about potentially reviewing um yeah. have you watched it in the last decade or 15 oh, no. years I've not seen it since it was on uh, Disney Channel it was surprisingly good I quite enjoyed it um Again, probably through rose-tinted specs and the fact that it was Robin Williams, um, he could do literally anything, and I would. Yeah. He could. He could make a film of just him uh, making jokes from the phone book, and I would. I would watch that for eight hours probably. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun because, as a kid, it was one of the few um, Disney properties that I actually had toys for, and I remember getting. It was the one. Um, McDonald's Happy Meal toys collection that I actually made a point of getting the full set, and oh, yeah. I used to, they were actually quite good toys. They were almost like action figures, and I used to play with them all the time. And so it, I had like quite a big connection to that film. So seeing the characters again, even though the film wasn't particularly good, I I just really enjoyed it. Good, and the CGI is h- hilariously nineties, which is always fun. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, with a year 90s CGI now, there's almost like a nostalgic value to how shit it is. Yeah. But Flubber... The other week, Dante's Peak, I think it was. The CGI that is terrible, but yet I liked it because it was so 90s. Yeah, it reminds you of a a warmer, you know, simple times, simpler times. Yeah. (laughs) If only there was some sort of cult we could go to that would take us back to our childhood. For only three grand per person, you can do that, but you might not survive it. Again, three grand for a holiday. After me and Kirsty broke up, and so it was clear that, yeah, in that period between me and Kirsty breaking up, but before Disney opened, I'd been kind of looking at holidays to try and see how, you know, because I'd be getting, we spent six grand for the two of us, so I would get three grand back can I go to Disney on that budget? And obviously the there were so many things that I would have to um, go down on to actually get it under three grand. And it just gets to a point where it's not a, not a fun holiday and I don't want to spend that much money to do it. <laughs> no, because you spent another 800 quid, didn't you, on the rebooking just to get yeah. back what you originally wanted, which that's bullshit in itself. Yeah, it's because we... Did we we changed the booking before Disney was officially closing, but only by right. about a cu- couple of days. But it was getting so close to us going that we were half expecting Disney, you know, the flights to still go ahead for Disney to still be open. So we, because it it was literally like the end of the first week of March, I think that we rebooked, and because everything yeah. was still officially going on, they. They didn't have the same hotel and stuff, so we were going in a different hotel. So they had they put the price up, which we paid for, to then have the holiday cancelled a few days later. <laughs> so it's oh, been 
it was weird. But at least we're getting yeah, we've we've officially found out this week from Virgin that we will definitely get every penny back. So we're at least finally got that peace of mind. Yeah. And we've even got a date which I think is mid October to actually get the money back. Um and I've I've got money you know, I'm not waiting on that I'm not desperate for that money right this second, so it'll be a nice thing when it arrives, but Okay, I'm, yeah, so, so you can start looking at whenever you can, you know, possibly yeah. going elsewhere. That's the thing is, I, you know, I can use a grand of it and put another two grand away and yeah. you still get a decent say, like, holiday. Three grand is going to Australia for three weeks' money. Uh, three weeks, isn't it? Yeah, that's sort it of is. money. Yeah, it's a lot. yeah. You know, I um, when I went to New York, not including spending money, it cost me about a grand. In, Although yeah. we did stay at a shitty YMCA in all fairness. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And the good thing is, I once I've got that money, I don't have to book a holiday until I know I'm going to feel completely safe to travel. Yeah. I don't have to then be rebooking for another time in the, in the hopes of, like, I can wait until I'm feeling you can, confident to travel. You can just travel. sit there until everything's cleared. Yeah. Basically. Until I've had a jab. So that's it then. Yeah. The the end of the Bouncer Mouse. It's been an emotional roller coaster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've I've been more of a a bystander to this whole thing. What a weird journey in the end it was. You've basically been witness to my uh, emotional breakdown over the space of a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. It, maybe the next podcast we do, we won't attach any emotions to it. So yeah, at least um, you're going to be kept busy with Cinemortuary. That's yep. still going on, isn't it? So people can yeah, watch it's, that. It's, it's still uh, going well at Um We've done 70... Two episodes, I think, at, at this point, and we'll give plenty more on the way. So, yeah, that's still all good. Cool. And yeah. H- how about you? Because you've still got a podcast. Yeah. So, I've been doing um, a video game based podcast called We Played This, where I basically grill a guest about their favorite memories of video gaming. And that can be found on Twitter at We Played This Pod. And we're also on Instagram at We Played This Pod, which is. The, now the Instagram that I post all of my personal shit to instead of uh, without a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you want the without a mouse handle on Instagram, we'll be taking starting bids at 500 quid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If there's any weirdos out there that want to uh, take over this podcast, then feel free. <laughs> you well, can I mean, have it for he, a tenner. He, 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 give us an offer. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, and if people want to follow me, um, I'm on at TimblesRH on Twitter. And what's yours now? Because it keeps changing. Uh, I, I changed mine to Frilson because it's cool and radical. Uh, yeah, Very nineties. Cowabunga, mate. I've not been to the gym in five months. <laughs> yeah, and it's a bit... I always thought it was a bit wrestling-y, that name as well. It, it was, yeah. Well, I think that's sort of half of it, where it came from. I, I got bored of it very quickly, though, and unfortunately, I went viral a couple of times and I felt obligated to stick with it during my fame. But now I'm all done with that. 
But of course, the most viral thing was uh, inventing coronavirus. So well done on this. Thank you, thank you. And uh, you can also find me, I've just started my own blog again, at uh, so cmwilson.net. There you go. Cool. Right. Yep. Shall we go then? Yep. Alright. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Without a Mouse is part of the We Made This Podcast Network. Logo by Chris House, being tuned by Ether Ball. Elsewhere, and we made this. Cinemortuary podcast. Falling into that trap of really understanding how lame some of this stuff is like i do know a bit about computers not as much as probably their research team did but this was up like under siege 2 with steven seagal on a train and this world-renowned computer hacker that's trying to like detonate a nuke under the white house like he's getting counter hacked on his computer and he says ah i'll give him an extra gig of ram see how they deal with that like what what (laughs) you're just gonna upgrade their computer for him Life's milestones. When my nana died a few years ago, uh, she was cremated mm. and we got her ashes. So she had three kids. So the ashes were split three ways. That makes sense. However, when we got the ashes back from the funeral director, they were just literally in a bag. So my mum got out the baking scales in the kitchen. <laughs> We dig music. I'm going to do my classic, not a front 242 comparison, but when I was listening to Nookie, I thought that one was really like sensor. It's, you know, that okay. hard-edged industrial rap noise thing. Yeah, I it's thought not that... a million miles away from like Age of Panic and stuff like that. Well, no, exactly, no. Or, um, or Switch. Danceable with rapping. Yeah. yeah. And guitars. Like, yeah. This is why I was into industrial and new metal, because it's basically the same. Yeah. Yeah. Just there's more crying in New York. <laughs> <laughs> and and Limp Biscuit were fairly heavily influenced by industrial. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This Podcast Network. <laughs>